Hello, my wonderful friends. This is Joseph Helen, your friend, bringing you a beautiful episode, actually, the fourth one on how to prophesy by observing animals and birds. I've been teaching on how to prophesy by observing animals and birds in the last couple of weeks, and this is our fourth episode. Okay, so please. You can go back to the first, second, and third just for revision. I've also posted this on my Facebook page so you can read the text. In fact, it does help that you read the text because I follow it progressively and in a chronological manner whenever I teach. And of course, I put in a bit more flesh than what you see on text. So... In his displeasure with Edom, and Edom here is the descendants of Esau, God sent prophet Isaiah to prophesy against the Edomites, or the descendants of Esau. And in his prophecy, God told him to send unclean animals and birds as punishment against Edom, or against the descendants of Esau. And this is because they hated the Israelites. And when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, they hired mercenaries to attack the women who had children, the young and the weak. They attacked Israel from behind and killed the Israelites. When the Israelites asked to pass through their city, buying water and all provision and using the king's highway, they refused and instead attacked the Israelites. And God was displeased about that. Why? Because the Israelites were the ones God anointed to bring salvation to mankind, those Edomites included. So because of their stubbornness and the fact that they completely hated Israel, God sent them some unclean animals, and those unclean animals meant there was a curse against the Edomites. Now, I'm going to explain to you prophetically how to hear the voice of God as you observe some of these animals and birds. All right, so if you see a kite, a hawk, or a pelican, kite, hawks, or pelicans, or birds that look that way, then we're talking about backsliding. Kite, hawks, pelicans, they talk about backsliding, okay? And this is the reason, the reason being hawks and pelicans and kites regurgitate they vomit out and vomiting is like a dog returning back to its vomit so it stands for backsliding or apostasy if you want to say it that way yeah and their shared name stands for vomit if you look at leviticus 18 verse 25 leviticus 18 25 the bible says and the land is defiled therefore i do visit the iniquity thereof upon it and the land itself vomits out her inhabitants you see when there is defilement, or this bird stands for defilement as well, they also stand for suffering and reproach. If you see a kite in a dream, in a vision, or naturally, of course you can enjoy looking at them. But if you're a prophetic person, you need to ask God, are you speaking to me? Ask the Holy Spirit, are you speaking to me by showing me this kite, or this hawk, or this pelican? Pelicans especially do a lot of regurgitation. They have a huge beak. And there's that part where they, they store fish. They can store a lot of fish inside the, their beaks, okay? There's a special word for it. Okay, but I don't want to go into the details of biology right now. Um, teaching on prophecy. Okay? So, 
They stand for suffering and reproach as well. Psalm 102 verse 68, the Bible says, I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I watch and I'm as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. So you see, an owl, a pelican, a sparrow all speak about the same thing. In fact, let me just mention a little thing about a sparrow. That no sparrow, a sparrow stands for worthlessness, by the way. I did put that in my notes, but a sparrow stands for worthlessness. Because the Bible says that you have to sell two of them for them to have uh, financial value. You have to sell them in twos. Yet the Bible says none of them falls to the ground to die without God noticing. And the Bible says if God can notice a sparrow, how much more you? So when you see a sparrow, then you get to appreciate the fact that God notices you, even if you're, you don't have a big name. Even if you're not so great, God will notice you. A sparrow stands for God noticing you. So if you are dealing with somebody whose name is a sparrow, God might show you the picture of a sparrow. Or if you're dealing with somebody who's felt small, insignificant, and God wants to use prophecy to comfort and carry and to build a person up, that's what 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 talks about. Prophecies for comfort, edification, and encouragement. God will show you the picture of a sparrow. And when he shows you the picture of a sparrow, you need to realize that though you're small, I will make you big. That's the interpretation of a sparrow. But now we're dealing with a pelican and a hawk and a kite. Okay? And they stand for suffering. So Psalm 102 verse 8 says, My enemies reproach me all the day, and they that are mad against me are sworn against me. So when you see a pelican, a kite, and when you see a sparrow, um, an owl, it means this, there are a bunch of people despising you and fighting against you. And you can cancel that. You can use God's power, God's anointing and his word, to cancel that. Glory to God. I can see my people online. Daisy Quinga is online. God bless you, my dear. I love you so much. Rona Mwaka, I've missed you. She says, great to see you, Apostle. Excited for the word and your wisdom. Lots of love to Mama Helen and the Totos. I bless the Lord for you all. Thank you so much. You're so amazing and so beautiful and so wonderful. Love you so much. Megan is online too. Megan is the lady responsible for the decorations you're seeing behind there in the studio. So beautiful. She's, she's, she's got blessed hands. Her work is so excellent. We've been enjoying Christmas, especially because of the beautiful decorations that we can see. I love you so much. Glory to Jesus. I'm talking about animals and birds and their meaning in the spiritual realm. Apostle Matthew is online too. He says, good evening, Papa. I'm watching from Nigeria. You are a professor in prophetic. We love you. God bless you. I love you so very much. I give God praise for giving the wisdom and the knowledge to explain these things. So a sparrow, you know a sparrow, a fleeting sparrow, they move really fast and then they turn back so quickly. A sparrow also stands for broken curses. Okay? If I, this is something I was not planning to teach, the Spirit of God just asked me to talk about it. That's what the Bible said, like a, a fleeting sparrow, a curse, costless, will not land. Okay? A sparrow or a swallow, those two. Because a sparrow can move in one direction and suddenly just turns. It doesn't take, it doesn't create a distance. It goes this way and just suddenly turns right back. They, they turn so quickly. So a sparrow stands for curses that are broken. So if you see a sparrow, this is so beautiful. God is lifting somebody up from a lower position to a higher position. God is causing somebody who didn't have a name to have a name. 
Now, those of you listening to me, that's exactly what's happening to you right now. God is giving you a name. He's lifting you up. He's changing your portion. This Christmas and this new year, things are going to turn around for you. Okay? And I have a special new year message for you, by the way, a prophetic message. Okay? So God is lifting you up from a low position to a high position. That's why I'm talking about these animals. So any moment I speak in a positive manner about an animal or a bird, claim that for yourself. It's going to work for you because it's a word of faith. Okay? A sparrow stands for broken curses. So if there's any curse in your life, consider them broken. If somebody has been... Uh, let's say, leveling curses or hexes or spells against you. Like a fleeting sparrow, a curse costless cannot land. Just like the Bible says, there's no enchantment against Israel. There's no um, sorcery, incantation or divination against Israel. If you read Numbers 23, when Balaam tried to curse Israel, it never worked. So that's now the sparrow code. It's a code. The sparrow code causes anything that was intended to harm you to turn away from you. It goes, it, instead of coming to you, it goes back. Now, we don't like sending things back to senders, you know. That's a sign of being bitter. We are not bitter. We are loving and caring. We are too loving to revenge. You understand? So, a curse can come your way, but it boomerangs. No, we don't want it to go back to the sender, no. It just boomerangs. It's like it bounces off the way a ball bounces off a wall. If you throw a ball against a wall, it will bounce off. So that's what's happening. When you see a spiral, it means any negative thing thrown against you will just bounce off. It will not affect you at all in the mighty name of Jesus. Megan says, thank you, Papa. Love you so very much, my dear. Did you enjoy your Christmas with your lovely son? Did you enjoy your Christmas? Glory to God. My precious wife says, love you, honey. I'm happy to listen to the prophetic wisdom and knowledge. God bless you. That's my precious wife. I love her so very much. We've had a great time celebrating our 20 years wedding anniversary and celebrating Christmas together with family and with you, our family online. One of these fine days, we'll meet together and have a meal together, breaking bread to praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. My sister Nelly David is online too. Love you so very much. So that's a sparrow for you, but a pelican stands for regurgitation. But there's also something about a pelican. Pelicans hunt as a group. They hunt as a team. Okay? They hunt as a group. And that's significant uh, because it stands for unity of purpose. So if you see a pelican over a church and over a ministry, it means people are coming together in unity and they're going to work together as one team. There's no more division. Okay? So the negative aspect of a pelican, a kite, and a hawk is that one of regurgitation, the one of backsliding. So if somebody's about to backslide, God might show you a kite or a pelican or a, or a hawk, okay? And you say, you used to love the Lord so much. What's going on? I can look at you. When I look at you, I see the love for God in your life has become tepid, lukewarm. Yeah, and they'll say, yes, it's true man of God. Then you pray for them and you uh, impart upon them grace. It's called the spirit of prayer and supplication so that they can return back to God. That you find in the book of Zechariah uh, chapter 10. Okay? The spirit of prayer and supplication. Jathan is online. God bless you. Love you so very much, my son. My precious son, the strength of my youth. Uh, Daryl Helen is online. He says, love you, dad. Do you know how wonderful it feels when your child tells you they love you? There's nothing more pure, more rewarding, more satisfying than that. With their beautiful sound. You know, children are really a blessing from God. The Bible says, blessed is a man whose quiver is full of them. That they'll speak with the enemy at the gate. 
they are so powerful and so strong and so knowledgeable and so modern and so up to date that they end up sorting out some of the things you might not have known. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Rona asked, what do pigeons stand for? I'm coming to that. I'm going to mention so many birds today. I'm coming to that. Pigeons and doves, they mean the same thing. Okay? So, um, these birds are also stealthy. So, it means a sneaky demon is trying to mess around with you behind your back. Okay? So, Satan is a, is a thief. And these uh, hawks and kites and... Have you ever seen kites in a party? They just swoop over your food and steal it. So that shows you how demonic these birds are. They won't just hunt on their own. They'll steal birds from their nests. They take birds from their mothers. When their mothers have gone looking for food, they go and steal the birds from the nest. That's what hawks and kites do. Pelicans sometimes steal fish from each other when they're, when they're hunting. Yeah. Now, any bird that steals fish, whether it's a, a kingfisher. You know, kingfisher is known to, uh, to, to be so deceptive. It usually flies against the sun. So a kingfisher will position itself against the sun and will attack a fish based on the position of the sun. So that when the fish is looking up, it's blinded by the sun. And as it's blinded, the kingfisher comes and swoops and immediately steals it. That's deception. It's like the way the devil was using the word of God to try to get Jesus to do something wrong. That jump over because he'll give his angels charge over you to keep in all your ways and you'll not even dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So a kingfisher stands for that deception that's based on the word of God. Are you getting it? And fishes in the Bible stand for God's children. That's why God told Peter, I'll make you fishers of men. So fishes stand for those who God wants to save. So anything that is hunting for fish in a deceptive manner, forget about catching fishes in a net, because catching fishes in a net stands for evangelism, going to preach. It's the kingdom of God. The Bible says the kingdom of God is like somebody who went to fish and the net caught all manner of creatures. So that's a different story. We're talking about these birds of prey, the ones that are deceptive in the way they hunt for fish. Okay? My beautiful daughter, Miss Gab says, I love you, Daddy. I love you so much. My precious daughter, you're so amazing. You're just amazing, aren't you? You guys make me so happy. You and your brother. So intelligent. Glory to God. Ling Phil says powerful message. Why can't you just say Philen? <laughs> Do you know how long it took me to realize it was you? <laughs> that is my son, a wonderful, wonderful man. So helpful to me. Very useful. He's a sound man. He's he just knows so many things. You know, whenever I do my performances, he fixes the sound for me. Perfect. The best I've ever worked with, I tell you. So so amazing. So so amazing. Thank God for you. And Mr. Alex is somewhere. He calls it a camera visuals when he's online. Just an amazing young man with a beautiful heart. He's such he's got such a soft, tender heart. I've come to love him so much. And uh, working with him is just heaven right here on earth. Glory to Jesus. I'm blessed. I'm surrounded by some young people who are just amazing. Glory to God. So, um, you understand about pelicans now. Now, uh, let me give you Isaiah 34 verse 11. Now, Isaiah 34 is where God has given 
prophet Isaiah a prophetic word against Idumea, against Edom. Now, Edom stands for the devil, Satan, and his cohorts. When we're talking about Moab, when you're talking about uh, Ammonites, when you're talking about the, uh, the Edomites, those are representatives of the devil because these guys were led by giants. And you know, giants were sired by angels, fallen angels. And they introduced certain levels of wickedness on earth that had never been seen before, which is why God destroyed the entire earth using a flood because there was so much violence and wickedness on the face of the earth. So God used these birds, especially birds of prey, the unclean birds, according to Leviticus 11. Leviticus 11 enumerates the unclean creatures that people are not supposed to eat in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's okay, you can eat them because Jesus already died on the cross and fast. Timothy 4 verse 4 says no creature is to be uh, 4 to 5. First Timothy 4 verse 4 to 5. That no creature is to be rejected because it's sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. So you just eat if you have said thank you Lord. Then there's no reason why you should reject any creature. Okay. Glory to God. Look for my teaching on eating by faith. I've explained quite clearly how you should handle your food before you eat it there. So Isaiah 34 verse 11 says, But hawks and hedgehogs will possess it. Owls and ravens will nest in it. God will stretch out over it a measuring line and chaos and plumb lines of emptiness and, and its nobles. So emptiness, chaos, trouble, that's all indicative of hawks, hedgehogs, owls, ravens. A raven's like a pied crow. You know this black and white bird that goes, ah, ah, and it's, it's very stubborn. You know, at the Kenyan coast, the crows we have here, they're called Indian crows. They're so stubborn, they can snatch something from your hand. Even if you try to shoo them off, they won't go away. They were introduced at the Kenyan coast to eat rotten stuff. There was so much rot at the coast that the colonialists, the British people, introduced them from India. Then they multiplied so fast that they became a menace. So they used to give people one piece of silver, I think it was one shilling or something. If you killed one and presented them to the colonialists, they would give you a shilling or something. They were so troublesome, they were such a pest. You know, they troubled people so much that the, the colonialists wanted them killed. They're still there at the Kenyan coast. If you shoot them off, they just jump like this and they come right back at you. You know, very stubborn. So crow stands for stubbornness. But I'm going to teach you a bit more about ravens a little later now, okay? I'm just touching based on the scripture I've given. So these animals and birds represent chaos and emptiness. But swans, on the other hand, I've mentioned to you, uh, swans, on the other hand, uh, could mean something positive. For example... Swans lay, they take about 42 days for their eggs to hatch. 42 days. You know, hatching of an egg stands for uh, resurrection, newness of life. Okay? So if you see an egg that's hatching in the prophetic, it meets this newness of life. Or if you have chicken and they've all hatched, you need to understand that there's a newness of life in everything you do. So something that's hatched. Okay? These guys, their eggs hatch, the swans, their eggs hatch after 42 days. And 42 stands for suffering and witnessing. The witnessing that comes after suffering. Remember, Jesus suffered in the wilderness. He was tempted for 40 days. And then 2 stands for agreement and 2 stands for witness. So after 2, there was agreement and there was witness. 
And then after three and a half, Jesus saved us. Okay? So three and a half stands for salvation or blessings or help that come after suffering. So 42 is suffering and witness, which is something we go through as ministers. By the time we are preaching to you like this, we've suffered tremendously. Some through incarceration, imprisonment, slander, uh, rejection and all that. We go through all these things, but we always make it. It's important for you to appreciate the suffering you go through because that's how God purifies you, okay? Don't think something strange is happening to you when you start suffering as a result of the gospel or when everybody rejects you, things don't work the way you expect them to work. Uh, just hold on, don't you worry. Things are going to turn around for your good, okay? All things work together for good to them that love God. Hallelujah. Okay. So swans um, live for between 20 to 30 years. They live quite long. They live between 20 and 30 years. Now 20 stands for war because in Israel the moment you reach 20 you are countable. You could be counted and you could go for war. So, so 20 stands for war. So swans stand for war and 30 stands for priesthood. You went to war between 20 and 30. After you were 30 years old, you became a priest. You left battle. If you didn't want to be a professional soldier, then you became a priest. You could serve God for 30 years. That's why Jesus started preaching at 30 to fulfill the law, the Levitical law, okay? It doesn't mean that you can't preach at an age that is younger or older, but Jesus had to fulfill. Remember the Bible says he came to fulfill the law. To fulfill the law. So he had to go through everything in the law. He was circumcised on the eighth day and he had to die after three and a half years as a priest. Remember, three and a half years is the number of years that it will take the Israelites to realize that the Antichrist is not the Christ we're looking for. Three and a half years, he will defile the temple in three and a half years. So Jesus dies um, after three and a half years of preaching. So I can explain a bit more then. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Justice says, This message is extremely profound and powerful, man of God. God bless you. I love you so much. Thank you. And keep praying for us so that we get even more revelation of God's word. Okay? So, a swan lives for 20 to 30 years. And 20 is war. So, spiritual warfare. And 30, priesthood. Royal priesthood. A chosen generation. Peculiar people. A holy nation. That's 30. That is always representative of that, okay? Priesthood, the priesthood of the believer, and 20 stands for warfare, okay? Glory to God. So, when, most of the times when some of these creatures are mentioned in the Bible, what follows is desolation and trouble, ruin and emptiness and stuff like that. Now, let's talk about owls, vultures, and falcons. Owls, some people say owl. As long as you know the meaning, it's okay. But the right pronunciation is owl. O-W-L. Owl. So owls, vultures, and falcons. Now, these ones stand for swift destruction. Owls, vultures, and falcons. They stand for swift destruction. Because they usually move swiftly to destroy carcasses and wounded animals. Okay? Isaiah 34, 15. The Bible says, Owls will nest there, lay eggs, hatch them, and care for their young under the shadow of their wings. Yes, indeed, vultures will gather there, each one with its mate. So this is still God 
declaring a curse against the Edomites. And Edomites stand for the devil, the demonic spirit that have come to harass you. So you can also declare the code of the owls and the vultures and the falcons against the enemy. You know, falcons destroy snakes very fast. Did you know that? They're like eagles. Eagles destroy snakes really fast. So all these creatures have a negative attribute and a positive attribute. For you as a child of God, take the positive attribute if you see it in a dream or in a vision or in a picture or in the physical realm. But for your enemy, and we don't fight against flesh and blood, remember that. We fight against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places and stuff like that. So you re unleash them against the enemy, okay? One of these fine days, I'll teach you about insects. For example, what a bee stands for. A bee stands for the word of God, yeah? Deborah, derived from Dabar. Dabar is when God speaks. So a bee stands for the word of God, which is why a bee creates honey. And honey stands for the revealed word of God. Honey also stands for the prophetic. It's the food most prophets should take. As a prophet, you need to take honey on a daily basis. It opens your eyes, and the Bible says Jesus would eat honey, and you'd learn to, to hate evil and to do what's right. So honey opens your eyes. When uh, Jonathan took a little honey, his eyes opened, and he was able to defeat the Philistines in a prophetic way, just him and his his uh, assistant. The two of them defeated the, the Philistines when the Israelites were so scared. But after Jonathan ate honey, he defeated the Philistines. Do you remember Samson eating honey from the carcass of a lion? And after that, he went and destroyed the Philistines as well. So prophetic people need to have honey as part and parcel of their diet because honey will enlighten your eyes. Your eyes will open and you start seeing things in the spirit. Okay, it's a natural food with spiritual power. Okay, that's why prophet John ate honey and locusts. Why was he eating locusts? Locusts stand for demons. And when Jake, when, uh, when the Israelites went 12 Israelites, Caleb and Joshua, and 10 others went to spy the promised land. Caleb came back and Joshua, they said, these guys are like bread to us. Let's go eat them up. So when you find a prophet eating locusts, and locusts stand for demons, it means absolute destruction of the demonic spirit. You get that? That's the reason why John the Baptist ate locusts and honey. Elijah did the same. He ate locusts and ate honey, amongst other things, of course. But locusts especially mentioned because prophets always destroy demons. One of the hallmarks of the prophetic ministry is deliverance, casting out of demons. Okay, and that's sim symbolized by eating of locusts. Okay, glory to God. So the prophetic is very symbolic. And you need to understand all these symbols so that when you see them, you immediately hear the word of God, what God is trying to say at that particular time to you or to the one you're ministering to. All right. So vultures uh, stand for swift destruction because they eat the, uh, the, the carcasses of uh, dead things. It's called carrion. They eat carrion. Carrion is the, the rotting flesh of animals. That's what they eat. Okay, so swift destruction. But on a positive note, vultures could also stand for healing and preservation because they clean up the rot so that there are no plagues in the wilderness. You see, dead animals can bring sickness and disease, but they go and eat them up and they even crush the bones. 85% of what they eat is actually bones of animals. 
so they ensure that the wilderness doesn't stink. If you go to the wilderness, places where animals live, you'll not find anything stinking there because the vultures clean all those places up so they also can stand for disinf uh, a, like a form of a disinfectant, a power against the demonic attack that brings sickness and disease, okay? That's why Jesus said where the caca is, that's where the vultures will be. They also stand for the, uh, the dimensions and dispensations of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now let's carry on. So when you see these birds, please don't just rush to any conclusion. Say, Spirit of God, why am I seeing a vulture? Does it mean that somebody's dead and rotting? Does it mean that there's preservation here? That, that whatever the devil had sent to attack people like Corona, for example, if you see a vulture, then you know, oh, this thing's not going to kill anymore because God is protecting us and healing us, you see. So you've got to depend on the Holy Spirit to know these things. Glory to Jesus, yeah? Another thing about vultures and falcons and owls is that they have very good eyesight. Owls, for example, can see in darkness. You see, the Bible says light that shines in a dark place. So an owl stands for light shining in darkness, the ability to see even when there is darkness. So an owl in the African community, they only think owls mean somebody's going to die. <laughs> that is the witchcraft aspect of it. But look at an owl, though an unclean creature according to scripture, but look at, a, look at an owl as a prophetic being. The eyes of an owl can see from a distance and they can see they can see very tiny things. And they're very precise when they're hunting. So an owl's eyes are the eyes of prophecy. They can see clearly. Are you getting that? That's very significant. Yeah. And uh, what else do we have here? So a falcon sees very clearly and uh, a vulture as well. A vulture can be flying 30,000 feet above sea level and they can see a carcass on the face of the earth. Vultures fly at the level of these Boeings, these huge aeroplanes. And you know what 30 stands for? It stands for priesthood as well. And being up in the air also stands for walking in the spirit. So you don't just see a vulture in a negative way, see it in all its mannerisms because it's mastered the wind and when you've mastered the wind you're prophetic just like an eagle mastering the wind master mastering storms and being able to see from 30,000 feet sometimes 35,000 feet above sea level and they're able to see all the way down and they'll swoop straight to the carcass and or, or carrion and eat and finish it off so that there's nothing rotting within the wilderness I know the wilderness stands for the world okay where we've been called to minister and preach. Glory to Jesus forevermore. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Are you learning something? Can you see how profound the word of God is? Can you see how deep the word of God is? Just don't read. Oh, vulture, owl, there's something God is talking about when he shows you some of those creatures, okay? All right. Now, let's go to porcupines or, and hedgehogs. Porcupines and hedgehogs, yeah? So these ones stand for being cut off. When you see a hedgehog or a porcupine, these things that have very sharp pines sticking on their skins, and they use that to attack or to defend themselves, and they like rolling into a ball. So it means being cut off. So whenever they are mentioned in the Bible, God talks of a people who are being cut off or people who are being uprooted. 
Isaiah 34 verse 11. The Bible says, But hawks and hedgehogs will possess it. Owls and ravens will nest in it. God will stretch out over it a measuring line and caves and plumb lines, emptiness and its nobles. Okay? Now if you look at Isaiah 14 verse 23, the Bible says, Isaiah 14 23, And I'm going to make it a possession of the hedgehog, pools of water, and I'll sweep with the broom of destruction, declares the Lord of, he- of the heavenly army. So hedgehogs and porcupines, when you see them in the spiritual realm, if you just see one of their pines, one of those sharp things, then there's going to be a destruction. God's going to use the basin of destruction, the boom of destruction, to destroy the enemy. Now there's an angel, and the Jael, that's the angel that uses a broom or the basin of destruction to defeat the enemy, okay? Are you getting that? So pied crows or ravens stand for darkness or dusk. The meaning of the word raven is dusk. When light is getting less and less, dusk, going towards evening. And that also stands for prophets who no longer see clearly, either because of apostasy or the backslidden or they gave up. So when you see a raven, look at somebody and say, you no longer see the things of God the way you used to. You're no longer hearing God the way you used to. And then you cast out that spirit of the raven from them or the pied crow and then you get them back to the things of God, okay? Do you understand that? So, a sign of demonic activities that causes people not to see clearly in the spiritual realm. It's a raven, all right? They stand for lack of direction as well, all right? Lack of direction. Ravens are not known to be precise. Even the way they perch, they're not that precise, okay? They're a bit on the clumsier side, of uh, creatures but i'm going to give you more scriptures to explain about ravens they eat rotten things and they're stubborn and disobedient so a raven stands for rottenness you know rottenness is like immorality and stuff like that and then they're stubborn stubbornness is what idolatry so ravens stand for idolatry okay and disobedience the bible says to obey is better than sacrifice yeah and uh Insubordination is witchcraft and stubbornness is idolatry. First Samuel 15 verse 23. Okay. So remember, because of eating rotten things and being stubborn and disobedient, um, Noah sent a raven on a mission and the raven never came back. During the flood, Noah took a raven and sent the raven out and told the raven. See, Noah had the spiritual power to understand the language of animals. That's the, the reason why he was able to talk to animals and organize them in the ark. He spoke their language. He understood how to talk to animals. So he took this raven and told the raven, go out there and check if the water's levels have abated so that we know how long we're going to stay in the ark before we disembark, okay? The raven went eating rotten things and never came back. Sent and refuses to go. It's like God sending you to go and preach and you refuse. That's called a raven. So when you're looking at somebody and you see a raven, either in a dream, in a vision, or in the natural sense, tell them, there's a calling of God upon your life. Why are you refusing? And then they'll be convicted and they'll say, okay, man of God, pray for me. I will go and serve God. Do you see the things you need to know as a prophetic person before you start prophesying? You need to have a wide bath of knowledge, a wide store, a thesaurus of knowledge. 
Okay? So in the book of Genesis 8, verse 7, the Bible says, And he sent forth a raven, R-A-V-E-N, which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. The raven refused to return. But ravens can also stand for prophetic provision. Remember, Elijah was fed by ravens. So God can use, like, the same way John ate locusts, and locusts stand for demons. Elijah was fed by ravens. So when you see a raven, you say, oh, there's going to be prophetic provision for you. Because prophets are people that God has given power over finances. So ravens could stand for prophetic provision. The same way Elisha told the king of Samaria that by tomorrow, a measure of, of barley and a measure of wheat will be sold for one whatever, one piece of silver or something like that. There's a word he used there. You see, the prophet used the, the raven, the code of a raven, to bring provision to Samaria. The same way Elijah used the code of the raven to get food when there was no food. So God caused Elijah to, to pitch his tent or to live by a brook, and the ravens brought him meat every single evening, and he ate that. Are you getting that? So when you see them, you need to ask, Holy Spirit, is this just stubbornness and greed and, and all that? and insubordination, or is it provision that comes through prophetic pronouncement? Should I pronounce provision over this person or not? When you see a raven, glory to God. The prophetic is quite deep, ladies and gentlemen, quite deep, yeah? I hope that you are sharing this with your friends, inviting your friends to enjoy this teaching, ladies and gentlemen. You need to know how to hear God's voice, and he uses nature to speak to us, according to Romans 1 verse 20, yeah? Okay. Now, in 1 Kings 17, verse 4, the Bible says, And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So ravens means provision, prosperity, okay? Food, that he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies, okay? So understand that when you see ravens or pied crow. I think the modern word for them is a pied crow, yeah? A crow. C-R-O-W that bird some of them are black and white others are just plain black okay the Indian crow is plain black glistening glossy black glory to Jesus now they also stand for the lot of those who dishonor their parents or God ordained authority so disagreeing biblically with a man of God a woman of God or your parents is not bad but dishonoring the authority dishonor is what is wrong okay Proverbs 30 verse 17 says, The eye that mocks at his father and despises to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagle shall eat it. Think about that. Have you noticed that people who have had problems with their parents tend to have eye disease? People who've had problems with their parents tend to have eye disease. They tend to have eye problems with their eyes, Sometimes vision-based or it's just a disease. So you've got to learn to honor your father and your mother. You don't have to just you don't have to agree with them. They may have been wrong, but that doesn't mean you stop honoring them. You must declare, I honor my father and mother, and you need to cons cons consistently respect and take care of your parents. Even if your parents are people of means, always give them something. Give them money, you know, give them some form of help. Gift them. Give them gifts. That's one excellent way of honoring your father and honoring your mother. And if you have a minister of the gospel like me now ministering to you, it's important that you honor people like us. Give us gifts here and there. That's what the Bible says, okay? 
then your eyes will open. When you honor your authority, the one who ministers the gospel to you, your eyes will open in the spirit and you'll see clearly because the ravens and the eagles are not going to eat up your eyes. Okay? According to Proverbs 30, verse 17. Now, black ravens stand for a husband. If you see a black raven, like the Indian crow, don't just say, oh, there's stubbornness here, there's this, there's that, there's provision. It also stands for a husband. When you see it, you know somebody's about to get married. All right? Now, the, Sh- the Shulamite, remember the Shulamite, the woman talked about in the Song of Songs? She referred to the husband as having black hair like that of ravens, likened the husband to a raven. Song of Songs 5.11, the Bible says, his head is pure gold, his hair is wavy, black like a raven. So she's describing the husband and how the husband looks. So when you see a raven, that's representative of a husband. So you're going to get married soon. Because I see a raven when I look at you. Or I remembered a raven when I looked at you. Or whatever you're wearing has a raven on it. You see. Now let's talk about a tortoise, lizard, chameleon, and mouse. Tortoise, lizard, chameleon, and mouse. In the Bible, a tortoise, some people say tortoise. But the right pronunciation is tortoise. Tortoise, okay? Even turtles. A tortoise stands for longevity, living long. Because some of those things can live for hundreds of years. So when you see a tortoise, say, oh, you're going to live long. With long life will I satisfy you and give you my salvation. Glory to God. That is a tortoise or a turtle. Okay? They also stand for defense and protection because their shells are so hard. It's difficult to crack those shells. So when a shell hides under, I mean, when a tortoise hides in that shell, when it retracts and hides there, it's as if you're under the shadow of the Almighty, under the protection of God. Okay? Are you getting that? Now, lizards stand for something hidden. If you see a lizard or a gecko, you see this hidden, something is hidden in your life. It could be a problem the devil is hiding somewhere. So you command that hidden thing to, to come out. You command a person probably in the, in the in that person's life, hiding and pretending to be a friend. Lizards hide really fast. And the word lizard itself means hidden in, in Hebrew. Hidden. Okay? Maybe hidden talent, hidden danger, lurking somewhere in the corner or in the dark. So a lizard stands for something hidden. Okay? Glory to God forevermore. Something covered or something hidden. All right? That's a lizard or a gecko. Okay? The Hebrew word is letawa. 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 That's the Hebrew word for a lizard and it means to hide. Okay? Glory to Jesus. This is how the Bible is rich. You cannot read the Bible and get bored if you read it in depth like this. A chameleon stands for strength because of its grip. When a chameleon grips, it is gripped strength okay a chameleon also stands for uh, forensic prophecy because of its ability to camouflage within its environment you notice that army people when they go for war they wear army fatigue so they camouflage so they're not you can't see them if they're in the desert they look like sand if they're in the bush they look like trees they look like leaves they know how to camouflage that's the nature of a chameleon 
So it means you are hidden under the shadow of the Almighty. The enemy cannot see you. So chameleon means God is hiding you. You are not, you cannot be seen by the enemy. Okay? It could also mean that the enemy is hiding so that you are not able to recognize the enemy. So you really just have to depend on the Holy Spirit to know these things. Okay? Always ask the Holy Spirit, what is the meaning of this? Am I the one being hidden or is an enemy hiding here, causing trouble? Is there a hidden disease, something hidden? Okay? Because chameleons know how to camouflage. All right? But they're also strong. They're also strong. Okay? Now, chameleons also stand for sharp prophetic business skills. Okay? Why? Because it's able to see four forward and backwards at the same time. One eye of a chameleon can move this way, seeing forward, and the other eye is seeing backwards at the same time. Now, those are prophetic codes, by the way. Prophetic code number eight, for example, that's a chameleon code, because prophetic code number eight enables you to see back and to see forth at the same time. Did you get that? And in business, you need to know what happened in the past, what's happening in the present, and what's happening in the future so that you can Come up with innovations that will help in the future. That's a chameleon code or the eye of a chameleon in the prophetic realm. Glory to Jesus. The eye of a chameleon in the prophetic realm. You know, most people only see these creatures in the negative sense. You also need to see them in the positive sense, okay? If it's negative, that's against your enemy and your enemy is not flesh and blood. If it is positive, it's for your benefit, okay? Glory to Jesus. But chameleon can also mean being slow being slow like things are not moving fast enough a chameleon takes a very long time almost like a sloth taking a very long time to get into the right place okay and it can be easily crushed but god protects it through camouflage how about rats and mice they stand for destruction and poverty wherever there are rats or mice there's always destruction there's poverty or some plague like the it's only bubonic plague that was brought by rats many years ago. Okay, they are ever nibbling at things and they spread disease. Now snails stand for water spirits. Snails and slugs, they stand for water spirits that brings sickness and poverty. They eat vegetables. You know vegetables are significant for for vitamins and for certain necessary nutrients in the body of a human being and. Snails can eat your cabbages, your, your, your celery, your, your spinach, and finish them. They like eating vegetables, okay? So that means they are disease-carrying because vegetables help protect you. They bring you vitamins, and these things help boost your immunity. So anything that eats it is something that would bring you disease. In fact, there's a certain disease that, that snails bring. What is it called? Is it bilharzia or something like that? There's a certain type of disease. Please help me look it up. What disease does a snail bring? So that it's bilharzia. Yeah? So you see, it literally carries disease. Yeah? Waterborne disease. So it is a water spirit that causes sickness and disease and poverty. Okay? And their slimy nature is usually melted by salt. When you put salt into a place, the Bible says, have salt and live in peace with each other. Now, when you put salt on a snail, it melts completely. Yeah, that slimy nature always messes up with in the spiritual realm. It's like congested system that you're not able to breathe properly. Your nose cannot breathe properly. You cannot get the spiritual power of God into your system the right way because a snail, the, the slimy nature of a snail 
operating in your body. So snail spirit is usually responsible for common colds and breathing problems. When we cast them out, a lot of mucus will come out of somebody, you know, and that's how you get rid of the snail spirit. Did you get that? All right. Now, a mole stands for craftiness and unpredictability. A mole. That's the reason why when somebody has infiltrated your church or your business, they're called a mole. Okay? They're infiltrating to gather information. They stand for uh, monitor spirits. So moles stand for monitor spirits. They're out monitoring to go and report. You see, a mole can burrow itself and then, then it creates a little hill and then it runs and barrows and then creates another hill. It's got all its networks. So you, you, you dig this place, but the mole is not there. It's unpredictable. Okay? And a mole hill also means making a big deal out of a small thing. So you can find in your relationship, small things become such big issues. They're called mole hills. Yeah? Creating a mountain out of a mole hill. All right. Glory to God. A weasel or a squirrel stands for fleetness of time due to their swift emotions. In fact, the name of a, the name weasel or squirrel in the Bible means fleetness. Yeah, something that's short-lived. Short-lived. So if you see a squirrel, you know how it moves? It eats the nuts really quickly and off it goes. So it means, oh, there's going to be a blessing, but it will be short-lived. Oh, there's going to be a problem, but it will be short-lived. When you see a squirrel or a weasel. Okay. Levi Leviticus 19. No, Leviticus 11. 29 to 30, Leviticus 11, 29 to 30. The Bible says, These also shall be unclean unto you among the creeping things that creep upon the earth. The weasel, or a squirrel, the mouse, the tortoise after his kind, the ferret, the chameleon, the lizard, the snail, and the mole. So all these things are in the Bible. Okay, I can see my precious friend Judith Njiguna saying thank you for the message. God bless you, my dear. Love you so very much. Now, let's talk about the ostrich. And Ron, I'm coming to the dove and the pigeon, okay? The ostrich. Ostrich stands for poor parenting. If you've been raised badly, that's called an ostrich spirit. Because the Bible says an ostrich is harsh, mean to the young, neglects them. An ostrich, an ostrich also stands for stupidity, being dumb, yeah, and fear. The Bible says God has denied it wisdom, lack of wisdom. But an ostrich also stands for beauty because of the beautiful plumage it has. It also stands for speed. Okay? So an ostrich lacks intelligence. And it's a very fearful creature. That's the reason why when things are difficult, an ostrich buries its head in the sand. So it means it doesn't want to see trouble. It cannot confront trouble. It's so fearful that it's, it'd rather get eaten with its hand, head in the sand rather than be eaten when it's looking and fighting. Okay. So Job 39 verse 13 to 17 says, Givest thou goodly wings unto the peacock. So a peacock stands for beauty, glory, grandeur, success, prosperity. Okay. All wings and feathers unto the ostrich which leaveth her eggs in the earth and warmeth them in the dust. It just lays eggs and warms them in the dust. It never does proper care like a hen, like a chicken. Okay? Verse 15, And it forgets that the foot may crush them, 
or that the wild beast may break them. It's careless. It doesn't do proper parenting. So when you see an ostrich, you say, it looks like you are not properly raised. Or you're not raising your children properly. Yeah? And things like that. Verse 16. She's hardened against her young ones. Too harsh against children. She's hardened against her young ones. As though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain without fear. It's full of fear. It treats its young ones as if they are not hers. Very mean to the young ones. Verse 17. This is uh, Job 39. Verse 17 says, Because God has deprived her of wisdom, so an ostrich stands for lack of wisdom, neither has he imparted to her understanding. You get that? Alright. Now let's talk about a dove or a pigeon. Dove or pigeon. A dove stands for faithfulness. Doves or pigeons, they stand for faithfulness. They stand for reliability, loyalty, dependability, and obedience. You see, Noah could depend on a dove for information about the levels of water during the great flood. In Genesis 8, 11, the Bible says, And the dove came into him in the evening. That's after Noah sent the dove to check about the levels of water during the flood. And lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. Whenever there's an olive leaf, it always shows the battle is over. Olive always stands for end of war. So look at how intelligent this dove was. The dove goes and plucks not any other leaf but the olive one to show Noah that the troubles are over. Now get ready to disembark from the ark. Glory to Jesus. I can see Michelle Walton is online. God bless you. Hallelujah. You're blessed in Jesus' name. Any moment you see me, I'm prophesying because I'll deal with your issue. Even if I don't mention your name, I will talk about it at some point. So just keep listening. God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah? In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Genesis 8 verse 11 talks about a dove coming with an olive leaf and giving it to Noah. I told you that Noah understood the language of animals. Yeah? Now you can develop until you start talking to animals. When they talk, you understand, yeah? You, you get me. You can reach a point where you can talk. Remember, a snake was an animal, but the snake talked to Eve as if the snake was a human being. So animals actually talk. The only thing is you think a dog is barking, but there's, there are words the dog is speaking, okay? A cat is just meowing, but there are words the cat is speaking. They understand each other. And God can give you the ability to understand the language of animals. The way Noah used to understand and he talked to them, governed them. You see, if you can hear and understand what an animal is saying, it's very easy to communicate to that animal and the animal will obey you. So those who know how to tame animals have a special prophetic gift in understanding animal language. Okay? Glory to Jesus. Now, doves also stand for sacrifice and atonement. They were always used to purify those who had sinned or those who became unclean ceremonially for a reason or the other. Leviticus 12 verse 6 says, And when the days of her purifying are fulfilled, that's if a woman gave birth, she was purified using a dove or a pigeon. She shall bring a lamb of the first year for a burnt offering, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove, that's just a dove, for a sin offering unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation unto the priest. 
Doves also stand for rest. Psalm 55 verse 6, the Bible says, And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away to be at rest. Doves stand for rest. Okay? They also stand for prosperity and things that are divine. Psalm 68 verse 13, the Bible says, Though you have lain among the ports, yet shall you be as the wings of a dove, covered with silver and a feather to yellow gold. That though you lay among the pots or pot shirts, you are so poor that you're lying with the broken pots. I'm going to lift you up like a dove whose wings are silver and yellow gold. Remember, silver stands for money, gray, money. You notice most doves are grayish. There are others that are white, but this one has silver and yellow gold wings. Yellow means divine, okay? Kingship, way up there. Tremendous riches and prosperity. Okay? They also stand for the warmth of love and marriage. Song of Songs, 1 verse 15. Behold, you are beautiful, my love. You are beautiful. You have the eyes of a dove. Look at that. But a dove can also stand for mourning. When things are difficult and people are crying, a dove can stand for mourning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. But morning, a dove sat for morning, okay? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've got to say bye-bye to my podcast audience. So, I love you so very much, my podcast audience. If you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross of my sin and rose again for my justification. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive eternal life into my spirit. I'm now saved. All right, my podcast audience, I love you so much. This is Joseph Helen, your friend. Bye-bye.